Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Kate. And I'm Janine. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst pop culture of the 2000s. We are watching a Reese Witherspoon joint today, and it's not Legally Blonde, unfortunately. (laughs) Unfortunately. But, like, Reese Witherspoon was really the Meg Ryan of the 2000s. I was gonna say, like, wasn't Meg Ryan the Meg Ryan of the 2000s? But I guess she stopped doing stuff in, like, 2002. (laughs) She's just picking up the mantle. Well, the last time I said that Meg Ryan was was peak 2000s, you told me Meg Ryan was 80s and 90s. So I think Reese Witherspoon definitely, like you said, took up that mantle. Oh, wait, I'm just being combative at all times about Meg Ryan then. <laughs> That's a good thing to be combative about, I think. Just Meg Ryan, yeah. Yeah, just Meg Ryan. I'm here to fight about Meg Ryan and chew bubblegum and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> Before we even get into this movie, who are the top five actresses you would fight someone over? Like, not like over them physically, just like over opinions about. I would fight anyone who thinks that Gwyneth Paltrow is good in anything but uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> it hurts my, it really kind of hurts my, my body and my soul. Like, I just kind of feel like a weird ache when I realize that my favorite movie in the entire world has Gwyneth Paltrow in it. <laughs> And she's good in it. And she's like a good character. Is Gwyneth Paltrow the one with like the health blog? Yeah, she's goop. 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 <laughs> I really can't think of anything she's memorable in, really. She won that Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. but And she's, oh, she's in Shallow Hal. What, what am I talking about? Oh my god. She's oh, a, sorry. Shallow she's Hal. A master, <laughs> she's, she's a master thespian. She was in Shallow Hal. Um, god, Shallow Hal. We've got to do that one sometime. <laughs> Yeah, it's a Jack Black movie, the Dewey. Okay, so Sweet Home Alabama. Do you want to take this one away and do the and try to do the plot, or should I do a very bare bones plot? Sure. I would say that this plot is literally the embodiment of the most basic romantic comedy trope ever, which is woman from a big city goes to her hometown and finds a reason to stay there. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's this movie. That's it. Like that's got it. it. We're done. That that was that was Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> it's based, it's Reese Witherspoon doing that and um, Murphy Brown's in it. Yeah, uh, you know, and of course McDreamy is in there. And like peak Dempsey. Like if you had to pick a time for Dempsey to be at like his height, it's definitely around this time. And Dakota Fanning plays a young Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes these rom-coms really get it right. They're like, holy shit. Like, have you ever seen that? You've seen 13 going on 30, right? Oh, yeah. I love 13 going on 30. It's like the perfect combination of nostalgia and nostalgia of her time. I wasn't even born. That movie like fucking nailed it. Like they found someone who looked exactly like Jennifer Garner, but just like 30 years younger, you know? Yeah. And then, and then you have movies like this where it's like, oh, baby, Dakota Fanning does not look like. (laughs) Reese Witherspoon. Dakota Fanning has kind of a, and I say this in a, in like, you know, in a respectful way, but she's got a kind of a creepy air about her. She's got like an alien face. That's not a child I trust. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, like I 100% A plus love that she has an alien face, but she has an alien face. I love it. It's great. That's not a child I trust. That's, that's the name of this episode. (laughs) not a child I trust. Okay, get into the plot. Okay, so it literally opens with Dakota Fanning and whoever plays the kid, the boy, as 
the guy as a kid, which I don't care about, but Who cares? opens up on this like stormy beach night, which is like in this awful desaturated filter. So, you know, it's the past because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to put it together, which this movie does a lot, by the way, hits you over the head with whatever it's trying to say, because it doesn't expect you to be able to connect the dots because you're an idiot for watching this, this movie. It's not a subtle film. Yeah. <laughs> so basically they are doing like a flirty little kid thing. They kiss, which is weird to like have this camera linger on because they're literally children but then as soon as they kiss lightning strikes because that's what you get for kissing before marriage and that's the opening and it like wakes up the way uh reese witherspoon who's a fashion designer i guess yeah i think she's a fashion designer it's a 2000s rom-com, so she's either a fashion designer or she owns a bakery or she's an editor at a magazine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, she does something in the clothing industry and, you know, she's got this high stakes New York City life and she's got this hot husband who's also rich, like so rich he... Fiance. Oh yeah, sorry. Rich fiance, soon to be husband, who is super rich, who so rich that he was able to like buy out the Tiffany building for her to pick out her own wedding ring. Because this dude, you got to think about this. He's apparently so sweet and attentive, but not attentive enough to pick out a ring for her. She has to pick out her ring, which is kind of lazy. No, he knows that she wants to pick it out herself, I bet. Yeah, I guess because supposed to establish her as like an independent woman, but... An independent woman who don't need no man, but will take one that looks like Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, honestly, like, because the movie says, you've only been dating eight months. And it's like, girl, why are you marrying a guy you've only known for eight months? But then you look at Dempsey and you're like, oh, okay. Like One I time it. I saw him on a bike in Chicago when I was a kid. I went to Chicago oh with my, my family and he rode a bike past me and my mom. And my mom was like, that was Patrick Dempsey. And I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> this was like before I cared. <laughs> You've just lived a life that many people would have would have killed for in the 2000s. So, <laughs> and yet here I am making fun of a movie he's in. I gotta say, like Dempsey looks great in this movie, but he's got these awful sideburns that are like <laughs> cut too sharp. Like they just look really awful. And whoever was in charge of male facial hair in this movie should be fired. Hopefully, they were right after this because. There's another guy in this movie who's got sideburns that go out, like, to his cheeks. Like, the capital people in Hunger Games. Like, that kind of stupid facial hair. It's, like, oh, sharp geez. lines all the way into the cheek. And you're like, why? Why is this happening? Why ruin It's because Dempsey? he's from New York. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's from New York and he's got a tongue piercing. So, but, like, anyway, so this is <laughs> establishing her life here. And also, Dempsey is basically New York City royalty because his mom is a mayor. Um, and they're like loaded, which is weird, but okay. I guess because the mom's Murphy Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the mom is like, we're not supposed to like her because she's a bitchy female politician who is too worried about public opinion to like really support her family. It's very, uh, <coughs> Hillary Clinton. Do you get it? It's Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, no, I love her. <laughs> she should be the president. <laughs> yeah. This Murphy Brown for president. Dun, dun, dun. Honestly, if Candace Bergen ran for president today, I think she'd win. <laughs> Candace Bergen. That's her yeah. Name. Um, Murphy Brown with her shoulder pads. Ugh. So Melanie, good. Reese Witherspoon's character, is ashamed of her past and doesn't want... She hasn't told Andrew, who's Patrick Dempsey, and doesn't want him to talk to her parents yet. She wants to go tell him in person because she hasn't talked to them in seven years. 
But uh, the Murphy Brown spills the beans because when they go see her in public, she like grabs Maloney's hand. It's like, is that a ring? And then it's splashed all over the tabloids. And like, I get that New York City is different. You know, it's like the one of, I'd say it's like the biggest city in the United States, right? Like it's, it's a major place. Yeah. But I have never once cared about the love life of the mayor's family. Like ever. Well, it's because you don't live there. Have you? Have you ever been like, hmm, I wonder who my mayor's son is dating? Every day. As long as he's not like sexually assaulting women, then yeah, I'm true. fine with it. Like he can date whoever it's he wants. It's 2018, people. But, yeah, it's all over the news. <laughs> well, this is back in 2002. And it was a different time. I read Roger Ebert's Ebert's review of it because, you know, you gotta. And he was like, this is a New York where nothing bad has happened in the last year. <laughs> because it's 2002 oh yeah but anyway so she goes home to go see her parents and like casually tosses her gigantic diamond ring into her purse and doesn't really seem concerned about it just rattling around there loose but okay i wish i was that casual about a gigantic diamond ring um and she drives into this house to demand divorce papers dun 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 from jake she's already married from that child breaks into his house using the spare key but as it's revealed they're still married so the sheriff doesn't care though the sheriff throws her in jail anyway because jake spills the beans that um melanie was the one who tipped over the sheriff's mom's tractor into the pond so because she's a troublemaker which is like the only thing that's i'd say the only thing that's good about this movie is reese witherspoon if you really like reese witherspoon then this movie was written edited and directed just for you this movie would be nothing yeah i mean like she's america's sweetheart (laughs) she really is is she still america's sweetheart who's america's sweetheart if she's not america's sweetheart then who is I'm asking. I, for like a minute, it was Jennifer Lawrence, but now everyone's yeah. annoyed by her. Yeah, it was Jennifer Lawrence for a little while. Hmm. Is it? Is it Emma Stone? Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I was about to say, what about Emma Watson? It's like, well, no, because she's not from America. So is it? It might just still be Reese Witherspoon. I think it is, just in our hearts. We just never wanted anyone to replace Reese Witherspoon. And honestly. Like, not only is she the best actress in this whole thing, she's also the only one who does, like, a decently convincing Southern accent. And she only really lets her Southern accent come out, like, when she's around people in the South, which is, like, perfect. Because I'm, you know, from Tennessee. Well, yeah, I mean, like, she was, she's from Louisiana, so. This whole, like, um, I don't know what you would call it exactly, but, like, shifting your tone, the way you speak between, like, different Uh, people. Code switching. Yeah, like, code switching. Like, that's, like, anybody who lives in the South knows that. Like, because, like, I'm up here in New York, and I've completely gotten rid of anything I say that sounds remotely Southern because I don't want people to judge me as a Southerner because... I'm not saying, like, Southerners are oppressed. Like, no, in no way am I saying that. I'm just saying people think you're an idiot. Southerners are oppressed. Janine Winfrey. <laughs> Destroy the podcast now. The South will rise again. The South will rise no. again. But no, I can't, I can't just, like, come out with my Tennessee accent because people will, like, not take what I have to say seriously. So I, I kind of appreciate it. I don't that. really feel like you have a Tennessee accent. I really don't, which is a good thing i think because i don't have to worry about it that much but if i were like really relaxed it would come out but 
I'm not going to let that happen. And so I'm, I'm actually benefited that way because I have a weird combination of my mom being from South Africa and my dad being from Mississippi. So <laughs> for some reason that got canceled out. Okay. <laughs> and so now you just have this flat affect. Yeah. This is all to say I just appreciate like how Reese Witherspoon is the only one who can do like a really good going in between the two accents. Reese Witherspoon is the only one in this movie who can act their way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> she really is. Like, there are some truly awful Southern accents in this movie. Like, one character named Lur Lynn. Yeah, that's right. I thought it was Laura Lynn. No, it's Lur Lynn, if you look at the cast. So L-U-R-L-Y-N-N, which I don't believe is a real name, but okay. <laughs> Excuse me, your my mama's name is Lurlin. <laughs> and Lurlin is Kim. introduced in a bar with a baby attached to her boob. And she says, yeah. well, yeah, he's still on the tit, so you can take him anywhere. Like, all the right. doy. Yeah, all right, and movie. it's Melanie Linsky, and she is delightful. Yeah, she's a, she's a sweet actress, and I like her, but her accent was horrible. Just awful. Anyway, so... Melanie, like, demands the divorce papers and all that stuff, but he won't sign it and won't tell her why. And it's later revealed that it's apparently because he's been hoping to win her back all these years by making something of himself. He wanted to go and prove to her that he could be a guy worth marrying, which is like, he takes this whole movie. It's not revealed until the very end that he's got a very successful glassware business inspired by the beginning scene where, like, lightning strikes sand and they see this glass created and that's what he decided to do with his life and it's like why don't you just say that in the beginning when you see her and it's like instead of being like this ornery guy like making fun of her making her feel like crap about leaving you be like hey i'm so glad you're here i want to show you all these cool things i've been doing like i think we can try like have a new chance at this like, no you're just gonna be it like it doesn't make any sense Ugh. okay anyway this movie um, it goes, the action all gets interrupted by going back to Patrick Dempsey's family, which I don't care about. So that those scenes keep peppering in the movie, which is distracting. Yeah. It's like Patrick Dempsey and his mom fight and they argue. And then we go back to the actual meat of the movie, which is a man trying to coerce a woman into a relationship with him by not signing divorce papers. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, do what you can, I guess. But Which she, back in 2002 seemed very sweet. <laughs> she calls up her parents to get bailed from bailed out. And her parents, she, she says, uh, you know, oh, I'm married to this new guy and I'm happy, really. Which, like, okay, movie, you're really beating us over the head with this. Like, we could have, without this, like, obvious her faking her happiness. We could have gathered this from context, but okay. There's a few parts of this movie that I think really get Southern culture right. Like, of course, the code switching. And then also everyone's dad, and I don't think this is just a Southern thing, but everyone's dad has a recliner that's impossible to get out of. And like her dad, like Melanie falls into this recliner, like can't get out. Oh man, we had this recliner in my old house that um, I think my dad was just like deeply upset when he had to get rid of. <laughs> it was like green. It was like green and ugly and it had like patches on it. And then we moved and my mom was like into the garbage with that. And my dad was like, no. There's this so great episode on Queer Eye where they make the guy toss out his recliner. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first episode. Yeah, it's a good good episode too. It's a really it's the it's the best episode. Yeah, that's why they put it up front. This is a, there's also some weird things they do about Southern culture, like um, when the, she tells the news to her parents about the engagement, 
her dad goes, why don't you go get some bologna cake out of the fridge and we'll celebrate. It's like, or out of the icebox. Sorry. Uh, it's like bologna cake. What the hell is that? And so I Google it because I've never heard of bologna cake. I mean, bologna is a beloved Southern it's, tradition, but it's like a, it's probably like what? It's like, like white bread and bologna, like stacked. No, it's cake, worse. Right? And like mayo. No, it's worse. Oh, it's, it's just worse? bologna and cream cheese, like layered. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's it's it, looking at it made me want to die a little bit, but okay. Here's the thing: I don't need to look at that to want to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then Melanie like starts seeing other people from her past, like Bobby Ray, who is the best character in this movie. Yeah, it's Ethan Embry. Yeah, and he's great. Like uh, he's really great in um uh Grace and Frankie. I really like him in that. What else is... I was like... I didn't know what he was in, like, nowadays. I knew that he was in, like... Wasn't he in, uh, like, Can't Hardly Wait? I'm not sure. He hasn't... He didn't look like he had been doing a lot, but... Like, I think Grace and Frankie has, like, three or four seasons, so he's probably just been busy doing that the last few years. Yeah, he was He was in Can't Hardly Wait, which is a movie I really like. And we would watch it for hmm. the podcast, but it came out in 98. Damn. 99 is the cutoff. We can't go that far into the 90s. No, that's why I said we're not gonna do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she sees her friend who's gay. Yeah, she sees her friend who's gay. It's and Melanie like outs him to all of her friends, which is like the shittiest thing she does in this whole movie. But everyone forgives her because it's the South, I guess. She's Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, because she's beautiful and charming. <laughs> uh, Melanie is still trying to get Jake to send the divorce papers. Like she withdraws from their account that's still joint after like seven years of her having left, which is like. Really, Jake? Get it together. But okay. Do better. She makes a drunken fool of herself and like outs everyone's secrets and everyone and Jake takes Melanie home and signs the divorce papers, leaves them on her bed. As she's leaving, she wants to go say goodbye to her dad, who of course is getting ready for a Civil War reenactment because that's what Hollywood thinks that all Southerners do is go to Civil War reenactments no matter what time of year it is. Because did you watch Sharp Objects? No, I did not. Well, in Sharp Objects, they also have, like, an episode where the whole day is just the the town is celebrating, like, Civil War culture, like, the founding of the city, all that stuff. And it's, like, really? Like, this is not... I mean, I knew some Civil War reenactors, sure, but that's not, like, I think the whole town goes and do and does. It's, like, usually the people who have enough money to go do that stuff. And I'm <laughs> sorry, but if you're living in a double-wide, you don't have enough money to buy a Civil War reenactment uniform. Oh, well. So Melanie goes to apologize to Bobby Ray and he lives on this plantation, which is actually the family that she pretended to be from. So she stole Bobby Ray's last name when she moved to New York City to try and pretend that she was from old money. And even though Melanie was such a shithead to Bobby Ray, he decides to like lean into her lie when a guy supposedly from the New York Post, but actually a spy from Patrick Dempsey's mom comes to do a profile on her or whatever. Because Bobby Ray, no one in this movie deserves Bobby Ray, but he's there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no one deserves him, but he's so good. Yeah, even Lur Lynn forgives her for, like, trash-talking her about having all these kids. And Melanie doesn't deserve any of this. But like you said, it's Reese Witherspoon, so no one's going to hold a grudge against her. Yeah, like I said, And she's they go to this charming. big old party. Yeah, they go to this big old party and Jake brings Bobby Ray back into the friend group, even after he like he was outed and which was really sweet because, you know, he was afraid to come back in. And but Jake protects him, which and then the movie's like, oh, homophobia doesn't exist down here in the South. We're all just friends, which is OK. Hollywood. All right. Cool. 
Sweet Home Alabama starts playing, you know, the titular song. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. Love it. I don't understand why Southerners get so excited about Sweet Home Alabama when they're not from Alabama. Like, at least this movie is actually set in Alabama. What if it wasn't? That would be pretty good. That would be a, a subversion of expectations, honestly. I'd respect the hell out of this movie for doing that. It's, like, called Sweet Home Alabama, but the movie, the movie's fucking set in, like, Georgia. <laughs> it's set in, like, Alabama, Missouri or something. <laughs> like... No, just, like, just like fucking, like, just, like, Peachtree, Georgia. It has nothing to do with the title. <laughs> Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, it's a good song, and it's worth, uh, you know, rocking out to, which everyone in the party does, obviously. And they're like, oh, I gotta take my hat off for the anthem. <laughs> and, like, this shit actually happens in parties down south. Like, when I would go to high school get-togethers, whatever, that song comes on, everybody starts whooping and hollering, like, and dancing to it, even though we're in Tennessee. And it's like, okay, <laughs> all right, but the sentiment is there. This is another part where the movie hits you over the head with a message because like these two old ladies go, look at them two welded together. Why do they fight it? It's like, seriously, movie? We know they are attracted to each other. It's obvious. They were married at one point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was obvious. You don't need to keep hitting us over the head with it, but whatever. Melanie wanders out of the crowd and comes across a coon dog cemetery, which is apparently like a cemetery where Jake buried their old dog together, which is like, so this dude, instead of, it is sad, but like this guy, instead of burying his dog in his yard, goes and puts the dog in a cemetery complete with a gravestone. You know, like gravestones are expensive. And this dude was like, yeah, I'll do this. Sounds about right. The only reason this is necessary is so that she can have an emotional moment over the dog's grave, which like, I guess she couldn't have done if it was just a pile of dirt and some stones. So, <laughs> Yeah, because like, who fucking cares then? Yeah. If you're crying at a grave and it doesn't look like a grave, does it even matter? <laughs> no. That's a life tip from here, from us here at Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Don't cry at a grave unless it's worth it. I'm so sad because, like, my dad wants to sell our house and our two dogs are buried in the backyard and I'm like, we're going to leave them. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that when I have to move out of my house either. But, like, that's the thing. It's like, normal people don't go buy a gravestone and put their their dog in a graveyard. They bury it in their yard. Like, that's a thing. I still but have whatever, not tags on my keychain. Yeah. Um, my sister has her cat's, uh, like a little tuft of her cat hair and like a locket. So I get it. It's, it's nice to have those reminders, but it's not like spending $1,500 on a headstone. You know, he's crafty. (laughs) He's from the South. I bet he made that himself with cement. (laughs) (laughs) So of course, Jake finds her crying over the grave and they have a emotional like connection over it. And it's revealed that apparently, um, they had once you know, we're about to have a baby, but she had a miscarriage. So like, you know, dealing with that and all that stuff. So, and then it, uh, she goes home and her mom is like, Hey, don't stay here. Stay away from Jake. Don't end up like me. Go to the big city, which is again, hitting you over the head with the message in case you forgot that she's, you know, went to New York city to escape. Okay. In the last five minutes, you forgot Every that. five minutes, it just flashes across the bottom of the screen. It just says, Melanie left Alabama to go to the big city to escape Alabama. It just says it like in a ticker. <laughs> Breaking news. Melanie left Breaking Alabama. 
Melanie goes to say goodbye to her dad at the battlefield. This is a cute scene because she's looking for her dad, like, and she's dressed up in like these skinny heels and this fancy outfit, like walking over people's bodies trying to find her dad. And someone goes, "Who are you looking for?" And she goes, like, "I'm looking for Earl Summit or whatever he was named." And it's like. Uh, all the soldiers like sit up and look for him, and then once they once she finds him, they all flop back down again. Which I I laughed at that. So this movie did get a laugh out of me. And Jake ends up running into Patrick Dempsey at Bobby Ray's house, and doesn't reveal that Melanie was lying about her name, but does tell a story about how Melanie once blew up her cancer riddled cat with dynamite, which is such a gross story. <laughs> It is a gross story, but it was like, why are you telling this? Like, this is cute. This is awful. Because he's just trying to make her look bad. So Andrew, th- but then realizes that Melanie was lying about her name once uh, she's in- he's introduced to her dad and he introduces himself as Earl Smooter. And, sh- and he's like, oh, what else have you been lying about? And then storms away angrily. And but then comes back because, you know, there's got to be that tension at the end. It can't be easy for her to get back with Jake. It's Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Would you just leave Reese Witherspoon? Because she would see. Because, like, when you. It's like, I don't know. If I, like, saw that, if that happened, I'd be like, gross, she lied to me, but I kind of understand why. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this double wide and I get it. (laughs) (laughs) No fucking duh. There's this montage where Melanie is getting ready for the wedding and keeps trying to call Jake, but he won't answer. Melanie goes to pick up her friends at the airport, sees an advertisement for some glassware, so decides to go where it's made, and spoiler, I already told you this earlier, but it turns out that Jake is the one who's making all this great glass. Dun dun dun. Jake made it. Which is a stupid thing to be so impressed about. Yeah. I mean, he is, he did kind of build, like, a, a big business, but... He's, he's good at it, but, like, that's, that's, like... She's admired his art all along. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're really expecting me that this this woman, this, like, woman who's given up pretty much everything in the highest stakes business of fashion would really give up everything and, like, a rich guy with big connections to further her business for some dude who can blow glass. I mean, love is real, so yes. No. No. <laughs> That's that's this movie. Love is real. Uh, like, of course, when it comes down to the wedding, it turns out that she never actually signed the divorce papers. And it's a sign. So she runs off to go find um, Jake, but not before Patrick Dempsey gives her her blessing, which like, dude, how are you so chill at this moment? You, you don't have to do like, this. Like, you don't, you can be <laughs> mad at this woman for, like, making you spend all this money on a wedding when she didn't want to marry you. Like, you can be mad about that. And the mom, like, insults her and says something like, why don't you go back to your double wide and fry something? And then Melanie punches her in the face, which, like, surely, if you punched a, a high up New York politician in the face, you'd go to jail. So whatever yeah but i guess like they're in they're on her home turf so like who's gonna believe who's gonna believe the the hillary clinton analog no one because democrats are trash yeah, that's true because no. you know that if you're in my house and then i punch you i can't go to jail well like if you're in my house and i punch you and everyone in my house does says that i didn't punch you <laughs> that's alabama do you think y'all. any of those <laughs> Do you think any of those people are going to rat on Melanie? 
The cat destroyer? The cat destroyer. No. Destroyer of they cats. they are scared of her. The destroyer of cats. So she punches Murphy Brown in the face. Yes, and... And it's very satisfying. It is satisfying. And then if- Which is bad, because it's violence against women, and I don't like that. But I'm also like, yeah, don't be a bitch. Yeah. I mean, this film pretty much makes light of domestic violence early on, because uh, the sheriff, like, says, uh, when... Um, Jake tries to get Melanie kicked out of his house and the sheriff goes like, did he hit you? Because we take that seriously now. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Alabama. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Yiggity yikes. But yeah, so obviously Jake and Melanie get married in their bar and then they do like an after credits photo montage and Patrick Dempsey's character uh, marries a Vanderbilt. Uh, Melanie and Jake have a kid. He opens a glass shop. Good for him. In New York. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. He deserves a Vanderbilt. He He's deserves, Patrick fucking yes, Dempsey. He does. He deserves that old money. He's Patrick Dempsey. His mom got punched in the face, <laughs> and this woman that he was in love with lied to him and then, like, stayed with her ex-husband. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's really chill about the whole situation, even though he he literally is the only one in this movie who should be allowed to get angry. Because like, is Patrick Dempsey the star of this movie? I think the he hero. Is. He's the hero, and Melanie is the villain here. Oh woof! I mean, Melanie's a like a jerk. The whole I want to see a movie. I want to see a movie so bad where Reese Witherspoon is is just a fucking psycho. Oh, that would be good. She would do a good job of it too. Ooh, that'd be such that'd be such a good movie. Like 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 a single white female, but like with Reese Witherspoon as the crazy. Oh yeah, and of course the dynamite cat actually comes back at the end and it's eating the wedding cake because somehow this cat that was already dying survived a dynamite blast. Don't you know that dynamite is the cure for cancer? <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay, pack it up, boys. We're done. No more in the labs. Get out of here. You just need you dynamite. You just need a shit ton of C4, boys. <laughs> Ferda. God. I think one of the best touches in the uh, after credits scene is that, so Melanie was a pageant kid growing up, and she gives her kid pageant hair. Like, super curly, like, just hairspray to hell. Yeah, like, pageant hair, which is like, okay, gotta respect those southern roots. But all in all, the movie was completely predictable it's like halfway through the movie it's like i know that she's not gonna stay with patrick dempsey so why are you even pretending even though that he's a stone will? cold fox and he's like yes. a rich dude who he's a rich dude and he got some money because he's a rich dude anyway <laughs> and like Ugh, so she literally wants to survive in the world of new york city fashion you think they're gonna let you do that if you move back to greenville alabama no dummy. no no, that's no. not how this works. Brant, 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 you're stupid, Reese. <laughs> you <laughs> fucked up. I was reading some of the reviews that came out when this movie was released, and they, a lot, well, of course, there was the Ebert review, but then there was another one that was like, you know, I would love to watch a movie where somebody goes to New York City and then goes back to their hometown and realizes, like, oh, fuck this place. I'm going back to New York City. <laughs> like... People go to New York City for a reason. Was Reese Witherspoon only 26 when this movie came out? Yeah. Damn. I know, right? She is just so likable. And also, like, she I'm going to be 26 this year, and I'm just like, wow, I'm never going to be as well put together as Reese Witherspoon in my entire fucking life. God, you are going to love the Chris- the, Chris- the birthday present I got you. 
you're gonna it's good oh no and i mean like i don't mean that in like a it's good like i got you something that you're gonna like i mean it like it's a it's good <laughs> like <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go like ah oh, fuck <laughs> like when you get it Why so no one ever I'm, give I'm me happy. anything i'm actually gonna like <laughs> Because that's not fun. <laughs> that's what I want. I'm just like, I keep out. People are like, what do you want for your birthday? And I'm like, money. <laughs> money. Money, please. Okay, so um, she 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 ends up with, with Glass Dude. Um, yeah, because it's, yeah, that's what this movie does. Like, I, I, you guys could have stopped listening in the first five minutes when I told you what this movie is about. Because it follows that same, like, basic formula that any movie this type does. And it's trash. Like, the movie is enjoyable, even though it's stupid and expects you to have the intelligence of like a, I don't know, a mothball because it keeps spelling out what happened the whole time. It's like, she still loves him. It's like, no shit, really? I thought she was just staring at him lovingly because he had mustard on his face. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm in love with that that milk mustache you got there. <laughs> Just kidding. That's what milk really is gross. Me to milk you. tastes like dirt, and this is coming from the granddaughter of a like a cow farmer. <laughs> milk is gross. Sorry, Grandpa. Get bent. No, sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> Milk's so fucking gross. But yeah, no. So this movie is about Reese Witherspoon overcoming all odds to give up on yes, her dreams. It's literally the epitome of a romantic comedy. <laughs> like. This is the most formulaic movie I think I've watched for this podcast, and that's saying something. So, even more, even more so than New York Minute. New York Minute had the benefit of actually being kind of surprising because the, mo- the yeah. movie made no sense. Yeah, the movie made no sense. It was throwing like wild balls at you like every five seconds. Like it had so many different threads in the air. Uh, and that's not the right word. So many balls in the air. So many threads. Whatever. You know what I mean. It had lots Dangling of stuff threads, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this movie was like a very You know what actually I'm looking at a picture of um of Reese Witherspoon like a like a screenshot and it's like a it's when she's at her fashion show and it's just like that dead on like straightforward like just look mm-hmm. at her and I'm getting that kind of Dakota Fanning alien hmm. face out of her. So actually you know what? Not the best match, but like also not yeah, the worst. Yeah, there's definitely worse they could have chose, that's for sure. She's got those. She's got those alien eyes. Also, sometimes. didn't anybody want an excuse to cast Dakota Fanning in two thousand two? She's so cute. She yeah. was so cute. We, oh fuck! You know what? what movie we need to watch? Uptown Girls. Ah oh, yes. Oh, that movie is so good. Uh, I love. I I had that Egyptian cotton song stuck in my head the other day. <laughs> na, 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 That's na, a good na, movie. Na, of Egyptian cotton. And it's stuck in my head for no reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> I was just like thinking about Brittany Murphy and how much I miss her. Yes. Oh, Brittany Murphy. Oh, I was going to say, if you looked at the picture of Reese Witherspoon, you're still looking at it? Yeah. Is her hair not like just the epitome of what everybody got in the 2000s? Oh, yeah. Like, it's if you didn't get the Rachel because you were still having a 90s hangover, you got this, which is like flipped out on the edges, like jagged, shaggy hair. But like and long like she bangs. rocks it. It's it's cute. She's but Reese it's Witherspoon. Like everybody had that. Yeah. Maybe because of Reese Witherspoon. She was so cute. Probably. She's still so cute. She still is. Yeah. She's so cute. Man, have you seen like her daughter? No. She's like sixteen and she looks exactly like her mom. Googling She's beautiful. It. And I'm like so disappointing that the sixteen year old one looks older than I am and is so much more beautiful than I am. <laughs> 
But yeah. Um, oh, she's okay. adorable. She's so cute. Okay, so um, what crime? I was gonna say like I was gonna ask you what crime we should tell our listeners to do, but I know what it is, and it's punch a mare in the face. <laughs> but on your own turf, so you can't get in trouble. Yeah, l- lure a mare onto your turf, <laughs> and then have her provoke you, <laughs> or him. Have him provoke you. And then you punch them, but the only people around you are your friends. And they're not going to yeah. rat you out for punching a mare. Honestly, mare. like, I feel just thinking about all the crimes that Melanie committed in this movie and in the past that's kind of touched on, you could definitely have done, like, some sort of from the view of Patrick Dempsey, like, finding out his future <laughs> wife betrayed him and, like, lied about her past and finding out she was a psychopath who <laughs> once attached dynamite to a cat. Like, that could be an episode of, what's that one, um, uh, it's called, like, Snapped Wives. Well, Snap, well, Snapped is, like, Snapped is, like, when the wives snap. I think this is, like, who, no, it's, like, who the bleep did I yeah, marry? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, this is, if we, there's, like, I, I, um, I was looking up this movie the other day, and it's called The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, yeah. and it's, like, three movies, it's, like, two movies, and they're the same movie, but from the perspective of the husband and the perspective of the wife, and I'm, like, if you did this movie from the perspective of Patrick Dempsey, it's, like, everything's fine, your mom's a little high-strung, and then you find out that your mom was right and your fiancé is a nightmare. But you're chill about it for some reason. I don't know if you're on, like, some really but good drugs Because or... you know that, you, because you know if you're cool about this, your karma's gonna kick in and you're gonna get to fuck a Vanderbilt. <laughs> Get that good, you know, and also, I mean, she's get still... That, get that good Vanderbilt. <laughs> and the, the Vanderbilts built. are Southern, so he still married a Southerner. That's that's what this whole movie's about. But, like, a super rich yeah. one. <laughs> uh, High like, class. Anyway, yeah. Punch a mare in the Melody face. Melody did not deserve any of her friends at all. Especially yeah. Patrick Dempsey, because it's like, even when he finds out she lied to him, she's he's like... It's okay, I still love you, even if you're poor. <laughs> yeah, like, all right. And then when she's like, I can't marry you. <laughs> I think it helps that, like, sure, like, he finds out that, like, she's from a poor family, but she has made herself into a fashion designer by age 26. That is true. That is true, you're right. It's like, oh, she's just embarrassed by her family. It's not like, oh, wait, she's a grifter. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, they had to have that after credit scene of, like, what happened and they moved back to New York City. Because when I was thinking about it earlier, because, of course, like, I did see this movie when it came out. I was 10, and I actually didn't remember most of it. The only thing I really remembered was the beach glass. That was the only thing I really remembered. Um, but I remember the only thing I really remembered about this movie was the scene where um, the guy comes and he's like, you're not divorced. And she's like, what the fuck? I, he signed the papers and they're like, but you didn't. That's, that's the only thing I really remember from that movie. Yeah. And that, it, it was just a very, that's not, they, your lawyer wouldn't interrupt your wedding because you're not really married until you sign the paperwork after. So. Yeah. But like all the stupid idiots who watch this movie don't know that. <laughs> you're right. But, um. Keyword me. Oh, that's another good, that's another good crime. Bigamy. Yeah, bigamy. That's a good Just crime. get married a bunch of times. <laughs> Who's going to stop you? You're on your home turf. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to stop you? All those cousin fuckers in Alabama? <laughs> yeah. Dun 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 dun. Bow! Do 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 Sweet hot Alabama. It's really, really bad. Oh, man. Where? 
queer we trash content always. We need to stop this. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. This has gone on too long. All right. Well, you it's guys a little know. off the rails. If you if you need me, I'm going. I'm actually uh trying to find more people to marry uh down in Alabama. So hit me up. You live down there. Uh, as long as it's your home turf, we won't. If get you in live trouble. anywhere, but you're willing to get married in Alabama to Janine, <laughs> send us an email at guess what you're gonna hate at gmail.com or tweet at us at hate podcast or go to our website hatepodcast.com wow that's a creative way to uh to advertise all of our social media if you want to ruin janine's life call me (laughs) (laughs) and we'll come up with a plan that's 1-800-RUIN-JANINE'S-LIFE i know it's too many numbers (laughs) it's the spirit that counts (laughs) the the phone number is actually just a 1-800- ruin jan uh yeah or like but you gotta type in all of them just for the spirit let's see i'm trying to think if i can write trash always trash t-r-s-h uh l-w-y trash elway yeah yeah that's good 1-800 t-r-s-a-l-w-y T-R-S-H-L... Wait. F- never Fuck mind. it. I don't care. <laughs> Here's the thing. That's not a real phone number. Don't fucking yeah, call don't it. don't call it. And don't tell us what's there because we don't care. Also, Ooh, stop I bet it's like a, I bet it's like a... 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 I bet it's like a cool porn. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got stuck into a loop where I was just you like... Did. I bet it's a... I bet it's a... I bet it's a... I bet it's a... I bet it's... No, but, it, but like when I get stuck in a loop like that because it happens to me every now and then, it's like way longer. <laughs> Like a minute of me just one time I was at a um I was at a gas station with my friend Trisha and sometimes she listens to these. So if you're listening to this, Trisha, I can't believe you're still listening to this. I can't believe you're still listening to this podcast. But um, once we were in this quick trip, which is a gas station where I'm from, and uh, I just like got stuck in this loop where I she was telling me about something and I was like, what? That's that's that's. And I said the word that's for like two minutes and I went, that's garbage. Uh, and that's our, we're garbage too. So that's it. Now everybody, your homework is to go listen to "Sweet Home Alabama" by Leonard Skinner and try not to tap your foot. You can't. I'm sorry. Oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, do that and punch a mare in the face. <laughs> <laughs>